welcome back to Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 113. I'm Dan. I'm Brentley. Before we jump into it, please remember to like, comment, share, subscribe. All of that stuff helps us a lot. And if you want to really help us do this, give us your money, donate, you know, because we're far right streamers and grifters and fascists and all that stuff. All that good stuff. Anyway, with all that crap said, today we are joined once again by the great, the based, the hilarious George Alexopoulos. Bro, thank you so much for coming on. Again, we appreciate it. This is your third time. I just like talking to you guys. This is this is like a break from work for me. I, so thank I, you for the invite, but I just like hanging out. We love hanging out with you too. And you've been like a good supporter of us for a while. You were actually, I think I would say our first like big or well-known guest who ever came on the show. And that was episode 16. And it's crazy that that was like two years ago now. Was it two years? Yes. Yes, we've been doing this two years. Well, I don't know about the profile stuff, but I just like talking to smart people who know what they're talking about. And it's an honor to be considered worthy of having these conversations, I guess. I, I don't think I'm worthy, but I'll take it. You're, you're so just, humble. You're just we super love humble. It. That's why we love it. You're just super humble. <laughs> definitely worthy. More than worthy. All right, enough of the gushing. So last time you on, the last time you were on was uh, October, actually. So it's been a while since that one as well crazy how much time has gone by and we wanted to bring you back to get some updates on some things we know you have some projects coming out that you're working on since we last spoke and we'll also talk about some uh twitter controversy and all of that as well but we'll start with the uh the george stuff before we get into the the beef yeah, all right yeah so you know what's your latest thing i know you just did a crowdfunding for your last project and talk a bit about that yeah, congratulations well, thank you. Um, it's called Ghost of the Badlands. It's actually uh, a project that is technically it's Razor Fists, the great YouTuber, legendary YouTuber. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of him somehow, uh, if anyone hasn't, um, definitely look him up. He's famous for like amazing rants and he talks about movies and music with such passion and he's so interesting to listen to. And uh, he wrote this Western called Ghost of the Badlands and I have been asked to do the illustrations and I'm also running the campaign because I've run other campaigns on Indiegogo. Um, so yeah, it's his project. It's so much fun to work on. I look forward to doing more research. I plan to go out to Arizona and learn how to ride horses and stuff. And that sounds fun. Ooh, yeah. We're gonna have some Western good times, hopefully. And so uh, I think it's gonna be finished around autumn. We we're saying winter, but I'm aiming for autumn. Is nice. it gonna be um, issued in separate issues? Is it like a graphic novel? How long is it? It's gonna be about a hundred pages. Uh, it's sort of, wow. you know like a, a light graphic novel um we're offering soft cover hardcover color black and white it's a little bit of a pain but we made promises and we have to keep them unfortunately for me uh so that's gonna be hard to juggle but yeah the length is yeah 100 pages to what else did i forget the deluxe edition is going to have his script and my thumbnails and all kinds of production notes if cool. people are into that sort of thing yeah it's like the the extra features disc yes the deluxe edition the deluxe addiction yeah, yeah. seeing as you've you've dropped a few of the uh you know like the beginning drawings that you've uh, you got and i've seen a lot like i've been following them on there it looks amazing i'm not really even like a western person but like just because like it's western. coming from like you and razor fist i'm totally like very much that's interested. weird you're not a western person maybe because your dad grew my up. dad you, ruined it for me he was the one yeah i was putting them on i would think that would make you a fan 
fan of westerns if you grew up watching. <laughs> no, I I kind of ended up hating everything that my dad liked. That's kind of typical, actually. You know? <laughs> it's my contrarian <laughs> nature. No, I think westerns are cool. I like I love that whole genre. I well, I'm just excited for like new stories, new content, new creators. You know, this is kind of what we need. Like, there's just been too much recycling of old stories old characters old universes uh and it's led to stagnation really in the culture um and it takes independent creators who can crowdfund the the, the funding and who have you know the, the audience to market it to it takes you guys to really step up and come up with these original stories presented in new ways or classical ways in this case you know graphic novel yeah, it's hard to uh, decide how to release these sorts of things. Like, could you go the pu publisher route? Could you also self-publish? Uh -huh. It depends how many copies you want to sell, what you're used to. Like, I'm used to just printing books from home, stapling them, binding them, and shipping them myself. And I can do that up to a few thousand, perhaps, before I go crazy. Yeah. Uh, in this case, we didn't know how many we were going to ship until the project launched. So I'm probably going to outsource my printing this time. Uh, we did that with Goofberry Pie, actually, but um, uh, I don't see any reason why creators and readers, as long as they want things from each other, like, hey, we want to support creators. Here, have some money. And then the creator's like, oh, I can just make the book myself. Why go through all these different channels where other people are going to take a cut of the action? Uh, why not just make the books ourselves? Yeah. Um, the only downside to that is you have to have some people edit for you that you trust. Uh, that's probably hard to find. <clears throat> yeah, that's one of the major criticisms of the self-publishing route is that it kind of bypasses that whole vetting process. That's true. Um, and, and as revolutionary as it is, and I've self-published books before, and I think it's amazing that it can give someone the opportunity to put their work out there and to not have to jump all the hoops there is something to be said for the old school model and vetting you know stuff because now the market is kind of flooded with tons and tons of crap shitty book covers shitty formatting shitty writing all that stuff because anyone can do it now so it's kind of you Daniel, know that's how we got 50 shades of gray that is how we got 50 shades of gray but it didn't start as a self-published thing it started fan fiction it was a it was a fan fiction of twilight on yeah. a blog that got really popular and then a publisher a real pub official yeah. publisher picked it up and said hey just change the names of this character that character and take all the vampire stuff out and mm -hmm. there you go <laughs> that <laughs> book the martian uh also got uh, picked up that way i heard which one the martian with uh, uh i never read that that's the one where he gets stuck on Mars, right? Yeah, let's science the shit out of this, I think. is the Oh, ooh, God, What's his right. name? Uh, Goodwill Hunting. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. There are ways, you know, different avenues. As long as people want to read the book, I suppose the book should exist, even if it's Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the other side of that coin is genius works go under the radar and doesn't yeah. get the sales that they deserve. Yep. And that's a whole other discipline besides creatively making a book. Marketing is a whole other job. It is a whole other job. And that's why the old school publishing route has, that's the benefit it has really is they will market for you. They'll do the PR. They'll so do they the say. Yeah. For the most part, that's what Until they do. decide not to. But when you do it on your own, like, yeah. you know, like what I did or like what you do, you have to handle basically all of that stuff yourself. So it's. 
you know yeah. that's kind of why like your twitter presence is a big thing because it's important to have that because that that's that's how you're able to market and really promote things on your own without having to rely on a team to do it but i was going to say before uh, like 50 shades of gray was the fastest selling paperback in history which is crazy to think about apparently purchased by women <laughs> Come on. Right. harlequin books have always sold well throughout history yeah. i mean i mean before the women's revolution and all that stuff when women are just hanging out at home not that that's easy to do you know you drop off the kids you have your housework whatever you're chilling out at the house the people who consumed the most amount of books back then was people i guess women just hang out washing machines going dishwashers going kids are dropped off i have a couple hours to burn there's nothing wrong with that so they would have books marketed specifically for them in the you know the baby section huh. like hey you're picking up diapers why don't you pick up 50 shades of gray as well <laughs> that makes sense. some of the uh you know i've actually read some romance novels on the recommendation of a friend and the stories the older ones they they sort of model and almost an ideal relationship between a man and woman and like the it, they simulate their difficulties and it's it's much different than you know something like Fifty Shades, which in my opinion sort of models more of like a pathological relationship. It's also just literary porn. Yeah, that too. Like, for the most part, I'm not I saying mean, they're all like that, but that one definitely is. I haven't read it, but I know enough about it. I've also never seen the movies. I just have zero interest in that stuff. It's bad. You've There's seen the fantasy element that I suppose everybody gets a kick out of but there's millions of people who are interested in the uh power dynamic i guess yeah which is interesting it's it's based on classic gender power dynamics which people would all the same people who like the book would also complain that yeah. it's a dominant male and a submissive <laughs> sassy female yeah whatever you know I, I see it as benign but who am i to, i didn't read yeah. them either They'll, they'll complain on the surface, but deep down, they're just like, oh, I wish a man would hold That's me. part of the fantasy. It's like, no, you brute, get off me, but also tie me up. Oh, my gosh. You monster. You monster. Like Phantom of the Opera, Dracula, he's like, I must have my satisfaction, and only you can give it to me. <laughs> Whatever. It's fun, I guess. Women like that sort of thing. Guys like that sort of thing sometimes. Hey, you know what? You like what you like, and if you like garbage, like that's God bless you. you like guys... you know, Somebody needs to purchase and keep those people. People you guys place. sound like a bunch of misogynists. Might be a little misogynist. Might be a little apologist for the patriarchy. Might be apologizing for the patriarchy. Might be doing all those things. You no, know, I wanted to write a romance novel like that as a joke, but that would be funny. I was thinking about like a, a reporter goes to the deep south to interview like a mega guy, and she ends up like living on his family's farm, and then like some of the lines were like as he thrust his America and like his flag into my soil. <laughs> <laughs> and I was writing it, and I'm like, damn, this would actually be kind of funny. I wish I had time to do this for real. Maybe I should. You probably should. That sounds I really mean, funny, it actually. sounds like a hit. Yeah. It's stupid, and I love it. And maybe we would laugh, and women would love it at the same time. Maybe. And it could also, you know, bring people together, you know, that, yes. that, that hick, you know, that deep south hick Republican and that very staunchly, you know, fem, uh, feminist. Smarty pants New Yorker. Smarty pants New York. Yes. Yeah. People just got to learn to laugh at themselves more. I think that's really important. And we were talking about this, too, on the episode we shot yesterday with Josh. Like, especially people like sure. us who, who talk about all of these really, like, 
dark things all the time you know trans and kids and like human trafficking and just really depressing dark shit like if you can't maintain that sense of levity and a sense of humor through all of that you're probably you're not going to make it and you probably shouldn't be even in the political social commentary world at all because it's going to wear you down yeah that's why i've been slowing down with a lot of my strips uh, aside from losing the money on patreon like i'm just all the news now is too gross and dark and i don't find any of it funny so there's not a lot to laugh at so much i mean the occasional kamala just uttering nonsense yeah. Yeah. but all those uh, teenage boys what's his name sisson Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Smack about the Second Amendment. Like, I mean, there's Biden's bottoms. <laughs> there's, a, there's an account. Have you seen this account on Twitter? That's yeah. uh, that has the two of them. It's called Biden's bottoms. That's what I call them. <laughs> I like that they like. I'm so mad. I can't believe wacky. Yeah. Ah. I was like, I don't like guns. Okay, chill out. Really, what they're doing? Your cheeks. They're taking their phone and they're just doing a lot of like this wacky like, inflatable tube man stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, Dad does that too they are paid you know, they're all paid you know this is the thing you know and they the brooklyn dad defiant paid you know mary joe whatever paid joe like, from new jersey yeah they have a machine that goes out finds these people that are already you know posting this kind of content and they you know hook them up with a management company they start giving starts you know small amounts and then they start sending them talking points and before you know it it's like you know harry sisson and, and chris malbury or mallory whatever his name is uh, they look like they were probably, you know, plugged in from family connections. They seem like they were, you know, they, there's something they, else going on. Do there. they both go to school in New York? I don't know. I don't know much about Chris. Yeah. I just know that Harry goes to school. I think he's, I think he's at NYU. Yeah, I saw, I was listening to. A, I didn't know who he was. And I saw him filming a, sh a, a thing outside of the Trump uh, indictment. And it's just the whole thing looked very like produced and it was clear that he had an entourage with him and they were just like owning this like fat middle-aged, you know, yeah, well, MAGA guy. I'm pretty sure most people saw that. I was the video that kind of went viral with him that put him on a lot of people's radar. Right. I was listening to a Twitter space the other day that he was in and it was, I think he was the only like real lefty in there, but he was debating a whole bunch of other people like Nuance Bro is in there, Ryan Gerdusky was in there, a couple other people. And uh, eventually he just like rage quit. It was of course. <laughs> well, that's what happens. I mean, rage when you confront quit. these people with reality and they are forced to, you know, have an honest conversation when they're held to a standard, they can't play their little deflection censorship <clears throat> games because it, get, it gets called out. And, and then you can't, they don't want to be asked questions, you know, like how much are you being paid? Who's managing you? How did that come about? Yeah. You know, those kind of details. Yep. But they could earn some respect by just telling the truth. That I mean, imagine. God forbid. Imagine it's it's such a revolutionary thing. It's so rare these days to find people that are actually just genuinely interested in the truth. Uh, some people even don't don't acknowledge that there is an objective truth or an objective reality out there that we can all you know sort of strive toward. They are just lost in this miasma of you know your truth, my truth. I hate that phrasing. <laughs> Kills me. Um, yeah, it's basically baloney. It's, you know, it's, it's bullshit. You know, it's like yeah. your, your bullshit and lies is not as valid as my, you know, objective <clears throat> data and, you know, consensus and facts. Like, it's just, they're not equivalent. But that's the postmodern game. It's that, that game of trying to weaponize language. Um, I, I constantly am saying it on Twitter all the time now. It's leftists lie about everything all the time. 
Um, to, I mean, if you if you expect to engage with a leftist in an honest, rational discourse, you're just playing a fool's game. You're just wasting your time because that's not how they communicate. You know, we communicate with words that represent ideas because we're trying to have a back and forth. They want to bludgeon you with their words and corral you in order to tolerating, you know, some sort of like acceptance of whatever they're pushing at the moment. Yeah, and that we're on technicalities. They love technicalities and they, they love to deflect to what about isms, logical fallacies all the time. But anyway, that's enough. I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to get what's the um, the if you can give me like the one paragraph, you know, pitch, the synopsis for the the cowboy uh, goes to the Badlands. Um, let's see. It's about well, it takes place in 1890s Arizona. Uh, a masked man has appeared and is punishing bad guys like bandits. Ooh. And um, one of the main character is a former bandit who gets uh, blasted by his former crew and he's about to die, but this masked man rescues him at the last minute and he doesn't know why. And he recruits him to become his agent, his missionary of justice. And uh, we slowly unravel this uh, mystery uh, around why bandits are robbing people in this town uh, called Canyon Diablo. And, um, you know, there's uh, secret bad guys, there's obvious bad guys, and then it's the whole book's kind of the masked man, the ghost, cleaning up the... trying to discover who the bad guys really are as well as cleaning them up. So he could just murder the bad guys, but then he'll never find out who's really behind it. So it's kind of a mystery. Yeah, I was going to say that. So it's like a Western, but meets mystery genre. A little bit of noir, yeah. And, you know, anyone who listens to Razor Fist's, like, his film Noirchives are awesome, and Razor Fist Cinema, where he really gets deep into why he likes certain genres and stuff. He's a really good analyst of film and stuff. So he's putting a lot of love of different genres into this. Um, and, and, and there was almost too much story. So yeah. originally the story was supposed to be 50 pages, but I expanded it to 100 because I really wanted to let his script live. You know, there's so much going on here. Why, why shortchange ourselves? You know, even if it costs a little more to print the books, I think it'll be a more satisfying story if it's longer and stuff. Yeah. Definitely, I agree with that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to get Razor Fist on at some point. Talk to him too about this. Oh, when, you know, anytime when we can, when it comes out, maybe we can promote it. Then. Oh my God, New York! We're so crowded here. Yeah, we can't like do a single episode without, without some kind something. of loud noise happening in the background. That's sirens. Fun. Yeah, ridiculous. But um, anyway, speaking of commenting on film and culture and these sorts of things that really is the main reason we want to bring you on here is to talk about the importance of culture of art of um film anime entertainment in general and how the right the political right or conservatives many of them tend to disregard the importance of these things or at least they don't put a lot of stock into them and one of the things you've been tweeting about on Twitter is this very thing and how it's one of the reasons that they aren't really catching enough attention from, say, the younger generation who are very much into these things. They're into video games, they're into anime, they're into all that stuff. So when you dismiss those things as just it's all childish, it's all stupid, you know, it's, it's only for kids. Um, you're you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Well, you're giving up ground, right? <laughs> you're giving up ground, and whether you know whether you like it or not, like the woke left 
even though they put out a lot of crap and it's garbage and it's not good writing and all of this stuff. They, they dominate the marketplace. They dominate the marketplace. They put a lot of money into it, a lot of resources into it because they understand the importance of entertainment, of art, of media, of that sort, and they use it to their advantage. So this is kind of, you know, the main subject that I really wanted to touch on with you and why I invite you back on because you recently have uh, <clears throat> pissed off Matt Walsh because you've been challenging him it's not to hard to do debate these things and it all started with a particular tweet <laughs> let me find it i think i got it right here so you pulled up a tweet from matt that was from like five years ago i didn't pull it up for the record okay i found it in my feed someone else had retweeted it gotcha and i i was like oh this is typical matt walsh yes so I started, I talked smack, basically. Yeah, so, and they were trying to criticize it. Oh, it's five years old or whatever. And your response was like, well, he still hasn't backtracked on these things. This is how he feels about it. But Matt tweeted in March of 2018, he said, video games are a sacred cow because our country is filled with adults who are obsessed with them. That's why we all pretend insanely that there's nothing wrong with or disturbing about a child spending all day killing people in a virtual world. And you responded in a quote tweet, uh, video games are a medium, not a genre, you bearded puritanical Philistine. I was mad, I'm sorry. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> if your child is only playing video, uh, only playing games where he's murdering people, get educated and buy him Minecraft, Rocket League, Mario Maker. Better yet, play games together and bond. Debate me, Matt. I love how you just said it. Yeah, and then, you know, you went on and you listed some games yeah. that were not murder simulators. Uh, which are clearly labeled and have always been clearly labeled as adult content. Shot One of them may be a murder simulator. <clears throat> One of them may be a murder simulator. <laughs> well, Brent made a comment earlier when I was showing him this. He was like, well, if your child is spending all day killing people in the virtual world. Whose fault is that? That's the parent's fault. Whose fault that's is that? That's a parent problem. That's something you have to deal with on that level. And it's it's not like we can't criticize addiction to video games criticize addiction to anime and and all that stuff yes weeaboos are a thing they, they totally exist i don't know how healthy it is to be that obsessed with anything really of course we can criticize these things but it doesn't mean you just throw the entire subject out you throw the entire medium out and you say it's just it's, it's just bad because people are addicted to it you know people can become addicted to anything people become addicted to sex people become addicted to burgers you know i think burgers are awesome i think sex is awesome <laughs> you just don't want to do too much of these things right so yeah. to just cast the whole thing aside i think your criticism is legitimate of matt and i think he should debate you and kind of address these things because he has a big audience with the right and with conservatives and it would be beneficial to them to do it for conservatives and say republicans the right whatever you want to call us i'm not even saying us like i don't know what i am but i'm not a leftist okay anybody would agree that this is a normal conversation it doesn't have to be a debate but it's something that he and someone else it doesn't have to be me should discuss in good faith and what he was trying to do was act like my argument was kids should play violent video games without any limitations to how much they play and i don't know if he did that on purpose trying to act like that was what i was arguing so that's the straw man he built to defeat me to defeat yeah. my argument but my argument is that uh, games comics anime all that stuff literature 
even trash literature like Fifty Shades of Grey can be and should be enjoyed by adults. It is a mature medium that has many genres within it for different demographics, including kids and including adults. And what I would want to do is try to introduce him to like another one of his quotes is anime is demonic or something. And, and he kind of acts like he's joking, but I can recommend many anime films that are awesome for adults that kids would not be interested in because it's too mature. There's not enough action or for whatever reason. Um, and what I would want to do is discuss, like, do you disagree? Like, I know he would have to agree because I know for a fact that certain animated films and games are for adults and mature minds. And the whole, uh, the whole uh, fun, how do I put this? The culture war argument is they're trying to say that we're losing the culture war. And what I would argue is it's a game of King of the Hill where you guys are refusing to even get on the hill in the first place to try to gain some ground. It's like you're losing because you're just not even touching the flag. Say capture the flag, whatever you want to call it. Go ahead and put it. You're losing due to the absence of you even acknowledging that this media is valid for adults or mature audiences. And dismissing it for young people as well. So you don't even speak the language that they speak. If if he thinks that all games or m many games are supposed to be violent in nature and they're murder simulators, I gave him a list of games that he could investigate if he allegedly cares about truth. And I, I've heard the Daily Wire say they care about facts and all that shit. Why don't you look into these games, I would say to Matt. Or why don't you look into them before we talk so that you actually are informed about what you're criticizing. And then you can admit, because it's true, that games can be for adults. Movies, games, comics, anime, all that stuff. And then get engaged in the culture war instead of outright dismissing culture and then making yourselves look like bow-tie-wearing Republican kids from church. Yeah. Like, sticks up your ass like you're allergic to fun you, you can't engage with the culture. Oh, no, you can't gain ground with the culture unless you engage with the culture. Yeah. Yeah. He said some, I'm sorry. He said some stupid thing in his rant, his response rant of, uh, well, I've done more to bring people to conservatism than, and he was talking about the quartering, whatever. I saw that, yeah. It's like, but you're not even engaging with the middle. You're only preaching to the converted. Yep. You're, you're trying to get parents to think that anime and games are bad. And it's the same as in the 50s when they were burning comic books and saying this comics leads to juvenile delinquency. Or in the 90s, there was this guy named Jack Thompson who was talking shit about and, and Pi, something Gore. What's her name? Uh, Al Gore's wife. Oh, Pepper? Piper, Pepper, something. Something like that. <laughs> it's Pepper Gore. Some whatever Gore's wife, and she was saying that violent video games like Mortal Kombat are bad, and Magic: The Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons are demonic. It's the same shit we grew up yeah. with the nine in the nineties. Yeah, you sound like Tipper boring. Gore. Tipper Gore, Piper That's Gore. Yeah. <laughs> but all it is, it's the Karen effect. It's it's okay. like you're just being the fun police and that makes you sound boring, which makes people not join your side, and that's why yeah. you lose. Uh, elections because nobody wants to i'm not a leftist but i'm not on your side either because you're assholes this is my profession and that's why i get so upset and his simps are coming after me like why are you going after matt like 
this is my job. My job is comics and, and, and culture. I'm in it. I play video games. I'm an adult who plays video games. And no, I'm not a creep, as a matter of fact. And I don't appreciate being called one for liking things that they think is for kids. I read a comic, therefore I'm a man child or I'm a, or it's my sacred cow or something. Fuck you. Yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right with that. And, and it's also, it's, it's, it's just, it's blurring things because I think there are exceptions to that. Obviously, if you are an adult and your entire life revolves around junk, <laughs> if meaning, you watch My Little Pony yeah, and uh, Steven yeah. Universe, there are, there are concerns. <laughs> I think we, we would. Okay, have, you know? I'll flag that person. Sure. Yeah. So, and I think he's just—he's kind of just throwing all of these people together. Like, well, I think he can't. Throw he's also the, seeing. Yeah. You know, I think it's in his from where he sits too. He's seeing a lot of the examples of the bad. So it's like. From his perspective, he's seeing like all these people with like anime PFPs that are obviously like pro pedo, pro, you know, transing with children, that kind of thing. And he's making that association very superficially because he's got no other reference point. You know, it's not an interest of his, it's not something he's ever connected with. Yeah. So in his mind, he's just making this connection between anime and video games and these immature like people that, you know, spam him with hate. And this whole genre of content that is not just limited to, you know, like My Little Pony and, and you know, other similar nonsense or, you know, video games like being, you know, he probably sees examples like Grand Theft Auto, you know, that kind of stuff that are very popular titles, you know, Fortnite. These kind of things probably are, are how he perceives video games. He doesn't get into, you know, the story per se in like in Elden Ring or, you know, uh, any of the, the classic Mass Effects. Um, you know, the, the Hogwarts game, I really enjoyed. I just played Hogwarts Legacy. I just beat the, the main story quest. I thought it was a really good story. And like, it was told in a way that was engaging and the game itself was beautiful. The world was unique. And if you ever wanted to run around in like, you know, the Harry Potter universe, <laughs> it gave you that opportunity. Um, yeah. So and it's just missing the whole thing. Well, they're, they're missing an opportunity too, to be able to insert some of the values they claim that are important into the stories that they want to see more of and you can do that in all of these different mediums you know because the left they're certainly doing that and i'm not saying browbeat people with politics i'm not saying that i'm saying tell a good story that sets example can you imagine the daily Teaches wire a making a video game you know, <laughs> probably never would but that would be interesting and there's a part of me too really that i get the impression i'm not saying i know this for sure but i almost like I get the impression from someone like Matt that he almost feels like this whole discussion, this whole debate is just beneath him. Beneath him, very elitist. That, that he's too good for this. He, I'm focusing on all of these far more important things. And I'm not saying there aren't more important things. You know, like I said, there's a lot of dark, crazy shit happening in the world. Brett and I spent a lot of time talking about that, but we don't think we're too good to put some time aside. No, culture is to key. discuss this, you know, and and video games, manga, you know, uh, graphic novels, movies. You know, we are, uh, are as a species, we're storytellers. We've been yes. doing it since the beginning yep. of time, and we will continue to do it as long as we exist. So to just sort of dismiss huge genres of storytelling because you've seen a few examples. It's the same thing that the radical lefties do with, with the Bible and with the Bible. Well, yeah, they, they, they see a few examples of things that are not flattering and they lump everything together. They throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
it's all thing all blanks are blank and here i am like he might criticize the man children which do exist and say oh all people or many people who like games or anime or whatever are like this and i'm stepping forward saying i am an example of a relatively sane person who i'm ch i'm challenging you to talk to me and get to know me because i'm actually uh, the kind of the exception to the rule and there's many people like me who grew up in church let's say relatively conservative who love storytelling in all its forms i am an artist and some people on the left would even claim there's no such thing as a right-leaning artist and i'm saying i exist hey don't you want to talk to me to see if your thesis might be in need of some repair perhaps and then yeah because i came at him too hard some people are saying well you were very rude so why would he want yeah. to talk to you he's rude have yeah. you seen his shit he when he talks to people time. on the yeah. left right. he talks to people what is a woman which i saw and you know he doesn't necessarily have the gentlest touch yeah and i don't and, think there's anything wrong with that too by the way i think you know there is nothing wrong with taking an abrasive approach to certain subjects like that's that's fine. also what men do with one another it is we rib each other a but little bit what george yeah. is saying here is that it's like clearly you can dish it out but you, but you can't, can't take, take it. it like his response to your tweet was so you sincerely want to have a conversation and your way of starting it is to dig up a five-year-old tweet and call me a bearded puritanical philistine which was hilarious by the way that was hilarious do you honestly, and, and and accurate do you honestly think that the most that's the most effective way to start a constructive dialogue and it just yeah, seems yeah. like such a like wow wow response it's like oh like, you hurt my feelings it's an evasion i apologized i said okay i'm sorry for saying you have a beard but the rest yeah. is true <laughs> that's true yeah 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 yep. Like, he's just evading and he's debated people before he knows that he'll have to pick a fake topic to win to make mm -hmm. it look like well i defeated george already there's no reason to talk to him you didn't even begin to address my criticism yeah. it's okay for you matt or anybody it doesn't have to be him to admit that you're wrong about this wrong and also unwilling to hear my side the other side yeah. watch a few anime like i would give him a list uh, I think it was Jinro, which is yep. amazing, Ghost yeah. in the Shell, Akira, Cowboy yep. Bebop of the movie, and Porco Rosso. Any man, grown man, can see those five movies. If you could tell me that anime is for kids, you're fucking lying. Yeah. You have to see these movies before we even have a conversation. I can give you a list of games as well to play with your family. They're not violent. You'll have a great time. And then you will admit that I'm right. Yes. And I'm not even proud about it. Just it's okay to like things. Yeah, right. It's also, it's important to admit when you're wrong. That's how you grow. It's kind of, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. As conservatives, I understand they want to slow down things that they can't control and whatever by nature. But like, you have to adapt. Everybody our age and younger, let's say even 40 and under, they grew up with this stuff. They yep. will be the conservatives that replace yes. the old country club conservatives who yeah. who are allergic to screens like yeah. hey those phones those smartphones are dangerous and so we shouldn't give them to kids but then they're raising kids that are technologically illiterate which 
is another negative, I would argue. So you have to be careful. There's a balance. Don't let your kids play too many games, but don't also raise them like Quakers and throw them into modern day America and expect them to be able to have conversations with their peers. That's a good point. Yeah. And I'm wearing my Cowboy Bebop shirt right now. And yeah, I grew up with this stuff, you know, and and I watched it recently again. Like every so often, I'll rewatch the series. I have to watch the movie again, but I'll rewatch the series and as an adult, this, I still enjoy it. And if it's anything, so damn good. It's if a great anything, story. I enjoy it more now as an adult because you can there, appreciate it there are things about it and nuances in the story and themes that I didn't even quite understand when I was younger, which goes, you know, lends to our point here, how mature a lot of this stuff actually can be thematically and, and story-wise. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I, I get it, man. And, and I know, like I said, there are other people who are like so obsessed with anime, especially like, a lot of the transgender folks and all that shit and they have the anime profile pictures on twitter and they kind of make up their own or like the furries and they make up their own personas and all this weird shit i know that stuff exists taking it to an extreme but that is not me you know that is not you like you it's can't... also not representative of most people no. who engage with the content no it's it's a whole different it's an extreme yeah. just like the same token you know you're, you're gonna have people that have you know extreme feelings about police one way or the other yeah you know, most people, you know, don't have don't have a negative interaction with cops. And when there's a serious problem, you know, with somebody's breaking into their house or they had a crime committed against them, they're that's who they're gonna call yeah. at first. And then it's I remember a couple of years ago though, I was uh I was on Amazon for some reason. I think I was like looking up the box set or something for Cowboy Bebop or I just ended up on the reviews for it. And I remember seeing a review there that was the guy basically admitted, like, I don't even like anime. I hate anime. I watched this, and I thought it was amazing. One of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, so, imagine if uh, they could just come out of their shell and, like, like for instance, I, I like this guy named Frank Frazetta. Have you heard of him? No, nah, it's not ringing a bell. I'm sure you've seen his work before. It's like... Um, Oh wow! Really amazing. He's done Conan, all kinds of fantasy art. Like looks like he's done like metal covers. He's yeah, he has like uh, the guys from Metallica love his stuff. Wow! Okay. What's his name I, again? I'm gonna look him up. Frank Frazetta, and like he's known for doing like really violent, awesome, like huge dudes chopping orcs in half with an axe and, and hot chicks that are naked and stuff and people on the right might look at his stuff and say oh no that makes me want to touch my pee pee that's too much for me like okay well don't keep your kids away from it i suppose but this is for adults this is awesome shit and the left might argue like oh it's racist you know he he draws a lot of neanderthals and that makes me think of other people other races and stuff so whatever you got a guy like this who was in the 50s who couldn't find work in comics when they were trying to argue that comics were again juvenile delinquency so let's make all comics basically you can't even buy them on the street anymore they ruined the comics medium back when it was growing a lot like so they had to create something called the comics code and you couldn't sell comics very easily at newsstands anymore back when there was like a mini renaissance going on in the 40s after the war um a, a lot of grown men were making comics for other adults that were like there was sex and violence and noir and there were all kinds of genres and then here comes the um a, a german guy actually a psychologist incidentally who was saying, you know, well, kids can't be exposed to these types of comics because it causes them to be punks and 
and and want to have violent fantasies and we've heard this story a million times and people like me lose the opportunity to have real careers in a medium that has been chopped at the root constantly over the decades they're doing the same thing and that's why i blow up on guys like matt because he's acting like he is the moral authority but he does not read this stuff Right. You are not allowed to tell me and my readers that we can't interact with each other and do business, and you don't even read this stuff. There are, are titans like Frazetta, one of the best ever, who struggled for most of his career to find work. And then it's like I, I only want to imagine like how much more work could someone like him have gotten if they didn't get in the way. And I just want an honest person on the right to have an honest debate with me. I'm going to bring examples and you're going to admit that you're wrong and we're going to shake hands and you're going to enjoy some anime. Uh, I'm, I, it's such a bad fate. I'm so sorry this is yeah. going to happen to you. I, I, and I get why you come for people like Matt too, because he has a big audience. He has a big influence. And the, the more he says those things or refuses to at least consider your side of the argument, like the more it is, like you said, it's going to chop at the root of the stuff that people like, like you do. And, you know, and I hear, I hear this stuff all the time from, conservative types that you know they'll hear someone got an art degree or a writing degree or something like that and they'll be like that was stupid you never or you should a, get a real job you should get a real job you're never going to get a job and i almost went to school for fine art and i didn't feel confident enough to do that because people were telling me you weren't you weren't going to find a job i ended up getting a writing degree anyway which is just another creative form of whatever and I just it just it goes to show that general attitude amongst them politically that that's all useless we don't we don't have to put any attention onto that you're never gonna make it doing that stuff and it's just it's a shame kills me yep yeah and unfortunately again it's like you know you said they're, they're giving up territory like mm -hmm. and this is the fundamental thing they have a huge blind spot when it comes to the importance of this kind of content in representing your values to the youth like i was basically raised on star trek like the next generation um my dad worked like 80 hours a week growing up i didn't spend a lot of dad's son time with him and my values basically came from my catholic elementary school and my uh my addiction to star trek the next generation and the stories you know about captain picard and the enterprise um and that's where I, I basically got my values from. And today we have, you know, companies like Disney pumping out like this absolute, you know, gender ideologically ridden garbage um, and this woke Marxist racial, you know, white hating crap. And we need an alternative to that. We need a well-funded, you know, we need a, a machine, a whole industry that's out there putting out, you know, content that represents classic American values. You know, you can classic liberal, classic conservative, whatever. We don't have either right now. We have this like caricature of leftism, you know, that's represented by the woke Marxist, you know, Disney industrial entertainment complex. And they're just producing this this yeah. garbage wokeness. And, and you know, I don't even think that necessarily has to be contrasted by conservative value media and all that stuff. Just tell a freaking good story and stop focusing so much on the politics all the time, you know? And like your new Western that you're doing with Razor Fist, 
that I didn't hear anything in there that sounded like it was trying to push a political agenda. It just wants to tell a good story. And I think we just need more of that. And I wish Hollywood and, and the whole entertainment industry would just go back to trying to tell good stories. Even it doesn't have to be concerned. Well, when you stories, do that, though, you know? when you when you focus on that, your 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 values get built into of course. the story. I'm not saying don't put values in them. I think that's important. Well, it comes yeah. out. It comes out. It in comes the message, out. The themes yes. through the characters, the tropes. But don't browbeat because then you're going to just be doing what what the left is doing with the woke shit. No, the browbeating is the worst. <laughs> yeah, they have uh, one of their criticisms is or what they're trying to do is instead of reading or watching movies that are woke or have propaganda in it, just don't read anything at all is their solution. Or read your Bible, go outside, exercise. But listen, kids, young people, people in their 20s and 30s who aren't married, don't have kids or something, they have a lot of free time and they want to be entertained. They want to have a good time. So instead of telling these people an unrealistic thing, don't watch this stuff, give them an alternative give them something really entertaining we can't keep saying watch lord of the rings for the 700th time there has to be something else besides lord of the rings that we can recommend i am totally fine with watching lord of the rings for the 700th time yeah but like we want i think it would be great for there to be a better attitude towards the creation of um intellectual property whatever you want to call it that is relatively cheap to produce to write a novel or to make a comic only costs a few ten thousand dollars like maybe twenty five thousand dollars you know pump a few extra dollars into printing and distribution whatever it's not that expensive it's not as expensive as making a tv show or a movie right and and there's things like say ghost of the badlands which by some miracle got like super funded there's uh, the guy who wears a mask the ghost who kills bad guys all he does is quote scripture and as he murders people and i'm sure people who love the bible would get a kick out of that or some even though you know technically it's you know jesus wouldn't want you to do that but he's like an old testament spirit of death yeah. or something but the point being this is the kind of entertainment that people are saying i wish existed if only someone would make it and well here we are making it so to the daily wire types it's like i would imagine that this is the kind of content that you would want to a make or b promote not that i'm being jealous like yeah you should promote my stuff but is this not what you're calling for as a solution yeah. to give people entertainment didn't they uh put out a movie recently with gina carano in it that was basically a western yes what was it called um uh, something on the prairie <laughs> terror on the prairie yes on the prairie, yeah. i didn't see it because i don't have a daily wire subscription now isn't that an interesting conversation to have also why not just put the movie up on normal platforms why do i have to become a member of your platform like or why not have a free section of their platform where anybody can watch you know some of their older content you know they can put their when they drop it you know they can leave it behind the paywall for the first you know three to six months whatever <laughs> But do you want to bring people in or not? And that's the thing about the Daily Wire is that j they do feel like the sort of stodgy, you know, elitist conservatives, overeducated and sort of disconnected from the actual culture because, you know, they, they, they do different things. They're engaged in, you know, a lot more reading and a lot more, you know, 
you know, church and family time. Yeah, which is not which bad. is great. It's, it's fun, great. Yeah. It's great. But you know, there's this whole space that it does exist that they're just like, like as we said. And I'm going to keep hitting the point. They're seeding the ground when it comes to the, the wider, you know, culture and entertainment culture, and just sort of dismissing it and poo-pieing it. Like yeah, they're making it harder for normies like myself to access their content. Put it on Amazon where I can see it. Put it on DVD or Blu-ray or something. Uh, it's it's like they're preaching to the converted, which is yeah. one of my the reasons that I pick on them so much. They want to harden the right and do nothing to the middle. And here I am standing in the middle trying to get as many people to just, hey, do you like fun? Come hang out. Come, read my comic. Read this guy's comic. Fun is evil, George. Fun right. is the devil. It's Yeah, it's the devil. Okay. That's where, I mean, and also elections are won with the middle, with the undecideds. Like, that's how you, you know, you win elections by bringing those people over to your side. Last year proved that with November. Right. They, they didn't have enough people from the middle to help them out. And I'm one of them, actually, because I don't like the Republican Party, mm. even though I like Republicans. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yep. I understand. I don't want to support their people when they say, like, we need to have more more Jesus and less, uh, I don't know, whatever. And it's, it's ironic, too, because they want to support, they like guns and Second Amendment, and yet they're complaining about violence in video games, which is a familiar conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Make up your mind, dude. <laughs> Yeah. So I can't I can't be on their team even though I'm fighting basically on their side. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just we have a lot of common agreement with them, but Brent and I are we're we're very similar. We don't quite fit into that side either. For one, we're freaking homosexuals. So I mean I'm what? not what? <laughs> I'm not saying they all hate us, you know, but there's definitely quite a lot on the conservative side who are uncomfortable with people like us. Um it just is what it is, you know. I don't expect them to be. I don't really care in regards to that. Um, and I'm we're, uncomfortable we're, with a lot of our people, and we're kind of, and we're, kind of, we're uncomfortable with a lot of gays too. We're tired of the whole LGBT like, shit oh, too. Oh, honey, I can see your penis. You need so, to put it away, please. So this we not, we uh, kind of like don't neatly fit into either side, you know. We we say and do things and associate with people on you know the right who might not like us for that and we associate with people you know and that pisses people off in the left especially the left they definitely hate us the most because we're like traitors to them yeah, yeah. We're kind of artists in general we're artists we're creative types and and we're we're kind of moderate you know we're not like super conservative like i'm very conservative on some some issues and other issues i lean a little more liberal depends what it is which i think is normal i think the average american actually is a little more in the in the middle ish leaning one way or the other but people like matt they're very they're i don't want to say like they're not radical on the right but they're very conservative very conservative Fair so and i think that does limit them just like the people who are super very liberal where anything goes just knock all the boundaries down you know kids at drag shows all this shit that's also like that has all its own problems too obviously so but the right acts like they can't be too far right and that there aren't problems with that when you're too far right it closes your mind in a sense it's kind of like a game of tug of war where you got yeah. people on the one side pulling really hard other side pulling really hard and we're in the middle like idiots pulling both sides towards the middle yeah. you guys are all going too crazy come back to the middle where we can chill out a little bit but it's yeah. like no the only way to beat the left is to pull harder to the right and vice versa it's like no you're both going crazy you both sound like assholes 
come back to the middle where they'll be like, oh, no, you can't because that's lukewarm. You'll be spat out by Jesus. What are you talking about? <laughs> let, let people just exist. There are things that have to exist that you disagree with. That's that's what politics are. You have to give a little ground. You have to take a little ground. You have to stop with the uh, extreme language. So, again, I'm criticizing the right because I'm closer to the right than, say, if I criticize someone on the left, say the drag shows, it has no weight because I'm not on their team. Whereas if I criticize the right and say, you guys have to chill out on these topics, one, two, and three, whatever maybe that actually holds some weight yeah i just think you know there i do think there are certain things that you have to have hard line positions on i, I agree with that and but i think the problem with the conservatives is they have hard line positions on things that it's totally unnecessary to have hard line positions on it's like yes the sterilizing of kids and stopping their natural development and all of that absolutely should have a hard line position on that um being able to define what a man and a woman is i totally agree we should have hard line positions on those things this is what a man is this is what a woman is but anime is demonic you know like that's that's you're gonna die on that hill all these it's just i don't get it and know? it's not just anime they're basically like anime video games yes. comic books yes. it's like all these fun things that kids have yeah. always been into for the last 20 years and i don't even really play video games brent plays video games he loves video games and i'm not a gamer i'm not someone but i respect anyone who enjoys something and as long as you're not like super addicted to it and it's affecting the rest of your life I'm not going to sit here and judge you for that, you know? I think I think it's ridiculous the way he just passes judgment on people for, like you said, having fun and enjoying things that they are either good at or, or create. For that's stereotypical for the right, speaking because I know that side better. We are known for being judgy and reaching into other people's lives and saying, hey, you shouldn't live that way. And it's like, it's none of your damn business, actually what I want to do in private and how I spend my free time. If I want to rot my mind playing violent video games all day and it doesn't manifest in my normal life, who cares? It's none of your business. Yeah. But they want to go. It's like when you go to someone's house and start saying, hey, I don't like the way your furniture is yes. laid out. I'm going to start moving things around. It's like this is my house. If, if we're if we have the common area the town maybe we can discuss about where you want the park bench to be but leave my house alone i'm not hurting anybody i'm living the way that i want to um so that's the kind of stereotypical right-leaning caricature that the left has painted for many years saying especially and this is why they uh, appeal to young people unfortunately it's like hey your parents don't want you to have love and maybe if you want to have a relationship with someone, they're like, hey, no holding hands until you're 25 years old or something. And then that's how you open the ground to some creepy person online or some creepy teacher where it's like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to use a dildo. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you're the cool adult who's telling me about sex. My right. parents won't tell me about that. And so they start this little journey that's into Creepville. Point. So I don't know what the solution is, but it, you can't act like Puritans or what's the sex version of Puritan, the uh, prude. You can't, that's why you're losing young people is because if they have questions, serious questions about life and all the changes that are going on in their lives and, and they're embarrassed to ask about these things, say you've got a teenager who 
is gay for you know nature versus nurture whatever and they're ashamed to tell their parents or something and so it manifests in weird ways and suddenly they say well maybe i'm not gay maybe i'm trans maybe they would accept me if i was trans and so they're being pulled by all these directions culturally and because they can't talk to it with adults in their life that they trust they have to go online and find other adults who may have other motivations for talking to these young people so yeah. so the right i would say stop being so judgy you have to accept that people you don't agree with exist you have to talk to them maybe even be friends with them yeah and I that's agree. something that you know we've sort of seen the left do they've sort of hyperpolarized they've withdrawn they've become intolerant of you know dissimilar perspectives and we don't really need like popular right-wing creators to do the same thing like that's the opposite of what we need happening because that's just going to increase the polarization and the, the propensity for you know cultural conflict or, or violence um later down the line you know we've been talking about i've been following james Lindsay's stuff and he goes after the sort of woke um content as an example of you know american or identity marxism so there is a very real threat that we could go through something similar to what the cultural revolution in china the bolshevik revolution in uh in russia mm -hmm. you know they, if we are not careful and and very uh you know concerned about the future and and especially educating and raising our young people with the appropriate knowledge and bringing them into you know the, the center as you were saying then we're going to lose them to one of these extremes and that's that's not good for anybody and it's not good for the future of a constitutional republic especially no. and then there's the people who are saying the solution is a divorce which i strongly disagree with which, yeah, um, when's that weakens... out well <laughs> yeah there's there's definitely been more and more talk about secession, and we, we discussed that with uh, our friend Theo Jordan, who came on the show recently. And I, I, I don't agree either. I don't think that's going to solve anything necessarily. Like, literally an entire war was fought just to put the country back together. It's because they don't want to fight. They yeah. know that it's going to be hard, and I dare say it's lazy. If you if they think it's easier to divorce somebody like in an actual relationship, you're yeah. married to somebody right. instead of working out your problems and compromising, which unfortunately we have to do. But do you think do you think there are, do you think there are occasions when that's not even possible? Because like I understand, like I can sympathize with the perspective of people who see secession as the way, because especially after the shit that happened in 2020 and 2021. Yeah lockdowns mandates all of that and then now looking at all the people pushing the gender stuff and i can understand why someone would look at those types of people and say i don't want to share a fucking country with you you know because you you are so antithetical to me and my values and everything that i'm all about you you would have sent me into a camp you were literally ostracizing me from society and now you're cutting up kids and putting them on drugs and all this other stuff i get it you know i do understand but it'll also open up an entire can of worms that i don't even think people can fathom how bad things could get the american civil war was the bloodiest war that america ever fought and it was americans killing americans it was bad uh I don't know what the answer to like what's the hard version instead of separating how do we repair this problem? I don't know the answer aside from as scary as this sounds, 
let the extremes be and show who how disgusting they are uh -huh. and let everyone be so horrified by it that we come screaming back to the middle perhaps so this is a scary thing to say and i haven't thought this through enough but maybe we should and I, i'm so hesitant to say this we should let all the um the what do you call it the mo body modding um transgender uh, surgeries all the horror stories that you're going to hear in about 10 years when people say they regret it and there's so many of them and then there's going to be lawsuits with the doctors and then all our side can say is i tried to stop it maybe something horrifying like that has to happen whereas people to snap out of it say wow what were we thinking allowing this yeah there was a sane side allowing this but that would require people to give up themselves and their neighbors like I, I think the kind of thing that snaps people out of the fighting instinct is when they see how disgusting it is like what you're really asking for okay have it and then five years down the road they realize like they are living in a way that's horrifying to them and they say where did i go wrong maybe i should have listened to these people and then there's just a sane middle somewhere. Some of the states can be sane. I'm not saying the federal government should be allowed to just steamroll people who don't you know, get vaccines and stuff. But maybe the horrifying thing is if people like me got sent to camps or forced to you know, get the injections and stuff, and then there were side effects, we have our own little, I'm not gonna say the H word. We have our own little uh, camp story to tell like yeah i was sent to the camps for uh not getting vaccinated and that was horrifying that's bad pr um that's one way i'm not saying we should allow that to happen uh without objecting to it but i don't know if people realize when they say we're going to split up and there can be a civil war again like there was footage of um some guy who ran over a bunch of people yesterday in texas and yeah i saw that um, now I regret seeing it, but seeing it, it has a very sobering, like, wow, this is what it looks like when evil people go nuts. Right. And when we hear about the bullshit, I'm not going to say bullshit war in Ukraine because there are people dying, but like, I need more footage of the horrors of war so that I can see how bad war is. Because if you think that's what World War One was, they thought it was this romantic, hey, we're going to go in with swords and... Uh, horses and it's going to be glorious and then they all get machine gunned down and it's like oh this is actually the most horrifying thing that's ever happened in history we shouldn't have done this oops yeah um i don't know if people realize what they're asking for and some creeps will be like yeah i want to kill those other people on the other side and I, I can't talk to you there's nothing to talk about you just have a bloodlust and maybe a death wish and I don't think you can participate in this conversation. Right. Yeah. This well, this goes back to what I mentioned earlier with the Civil War, which was it was the bloodiest war we ever really fought. And it was us killing each other. And yes, you know, we could talk about slavery and all that stuff and why it happened and states' rights and blah, 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 blah. But the point is, it was horrifying. It literally ripped families apart. Like people literally swapped states to and ended up shooting at their brothers. You know that sort of thing and it was also around the time that that the camera was first being developed and invented so before the civil war wars weren't photographed they weren't documented in that way
So it really impressed upon people when it was over and those photographs started to come out. Not just that, but people actually just seeing the horror of the battlefields in their own homeland of their people killing other their own people. Oh my God, war it, sucks. When the war finally ended and the country came back together, and this is an important point, it created a, a more unified American identity. And before the Civil War, people thought of themselves more as a citizen of the state, a citizen of the state in which they came from, their yeah. own little country. So you were a Pennsylvanian first and an American Kentuckian. second, a New Jerseyan first and an American second, a New Yorker first and an American right. second, period. After that change, people started to think of themselves more as an American first and a New Yorker second, et cetera. So, and that's because of the horrors that they witnessed and they're just like we can't so yeah maybe, have that happen maybe you're right you know? george so, maybe know. we need to you know and this is already it's already happening, happening it's already happening. you know there's 19 states that have passed prohibitions against the medicalized gender bending of children of minors yeah um and there's three to my knowledge that, that have advanced um the the, the diametric opposite you know these are uh, California, New York, and Vermont, I think, right now, that have put forth these... It's basically like kidnapping sanctuary laws. Yeah. If you are coming to a state to transition a child, they will uh, not only, um, you know, protect you from legal uh, extradition from states where it's illegal, but they will also, you know, uh, uh, Vermont specifically creates a new class of litigation called abusive litigation. Mm -hmm. So you can counter sue under Vermont law if, say, you know, you get a divorce and you, you go from Texas and you, like, the mom absconds with her son and says, I'm going to transition our six-year-old in Vermont. If dad sues to stop that, she can counter sue under Vermont law for abusive litigation because uh, gender bending of minors and abortion are a legislatively protected health care. It's another thing that they just established in this bill. Yeah. So the laboratory of states is going to be a thing. There's the legislative side of things, which I can't speak to very much. Um, unfortunately, it's just one of those things where we're going to have to let people have what they want and then see who's got the better ideas over time. Like, we'll hear stories about kids being abused and stuff. Who knows what other kind of stories we're going to hear. But on the cultural side of things, which is something at least I can work on myself, um, if politics is downstream from culture, you can create stories or art that might persuade people this is what could happen if you go down this road. And people who maybe would pay attention to that kind of story, they might heed the warning without making the mistake. Like, hey, yes. this, this road here has many dead bodies all over it. Maybe you shouldn't go down that road. But there's people that are saying, hey, come on, let's go this way. Ignore the dead bodies or whatever. And they want to go down that road no matter what. A story can put you in that hypothetical space where you can imagine what it's like to make these decisions and then ask yourself, do I want to take that risk? Do I want to let kids go to drag shows? I don't know what kind of parent or mom or whatever would bring their kid to one of these shows, have guys like grinding their genitals or whatever in front of the kids and stuff. I don't know what kind of people these are, what kind of parents, but unfortunately, I don't know what legally one state can do to another like if you're there's stories of like a dad who had the mom 
divorce him and then transition the kid without his permission. And all the dad can do is wait until the kid turns 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then hopefully try to redeem the relationship. And I don't know what legally you can do about that. But as a dad, that's just like the hardest thing you might have to do in your whole life is just wait until they're 18 and then try to repair the relationship. Because unfortunately, the mom is crazy. You picked the wrong person to marry and have kids with. There's all kinds of horror stories. Uh, I don't know how it's like catcher in the rye. Are we going to be standing on the edge of the cliff trying to save these people from making mistakes that will ruin their lives and their children? I don't know if that's my job. Um, You know, all we can do is offer our protestations and, you know, we objected. I want history to show that I said, this is bad. This is a mistake. Don't do it. But now it's your right to make that mistake. I wish you didn't. What else can I do? I can't force people to not make mistakes. I I can barely, I barely have my own life in order. That's true. Yeah, all you could do is just advise them and, and warn them and give them examples and show like, hey, well, this is what could happen. Like, like you said, look at all those bodies down that road. Are you sure you want to go down that road? All right, you're going down that road. Okay, well, have fun with that. When you like, hope you make it out. I don't like abortion, for example, but I don't think punishing people for doing it or making them feel like killers or criminals is the answer either. I don't know if that argument can be solved through legislation, let's say. I think that's more of a heart-to-heart persuasion kind of thing. And you can even tell stories about someone who went through that and maybe regretted it. And again, that's where the culture can come in. You can tell people in a safe way here's a story about a character who doesn't exist, but who you might relate to um, getting through some hard decisions and coming out the other side wiser and maybe persuaded to live a different way. That's the power of a story. And that's why the right should get involved in telling stories. I think that's a good place for us to end actually, because it, it takes us back to our original point. And, you know, I'm, I really hope Matt debates you or at least someone with as big of a platform as him who might hold similar views as Matt. I don't know what Michael Knowles thinks of all this stuff. He kind of seems like a similar boat as Matt, but maybe not as, I don't know, not well, as much Knowles of a stick famously as wrote yeah. The Empty Book, right? The Empty Book, yeah. That was uh, reasons, reasons you should vote for a Democrat yeah, or something. For Democrat. It was just like an empty. There's a term for those types of books. I forgot what it's called. There's a whole like name for that. But I don't know, just it would be nice to see this debate happen on a bigger platform than ours, for example, like these discussions. Well, we all, I think, are sort of in agreement, too. We are in agreement. Culture is important. You know, you can't just dismiss all these things out of hand. Um, Otherwise, you like we said, you're giving up ground to the radical left, to the the woke corporate left. And you're just refusing to even engage in the contest for the hearts and minds of the next generation, which, uh, you know, heavily engages in with these these genres of content. It's important. And I doubt Matt Walsh is going to watch this, but if he does watch this and he made it to the end, Matt, just just debate George. Just freaking do it. Come on, stop being a bitch. It'd be entertaining. <laughs> it can just be a nice conversation, and yeah. I'm sure he and I will shake hands at the end. Exactly. 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 Like you know, Twitter isn't Twitter lends itself to you know jib jab back and forth. Yes. Like it's part of the you know appeal of the platform. Mm. It's it just seems a not little... always the best place to have a discussion. Right. It's yeah. not it's not the best place to have a nuanced, detailed disagreement agreement, let's say, over a very controversial topic where, where emotions are heavy and, yeah. and charged. It's just not, it's not a good venue for that. Really, you need to have a face-to-face. 
you know, where or at least something where you can see and hear each other, yep. you have that personal connection, yeah. um, and that you can understand, you know, okay, this person is coming from a vastly different realm of experience than I am. Like, I should appreciate that. And, you know, it, it, there's, there's different perspectives out there that are just as valid, yeah. um, if not more so, especially when it comes to these things. So absolutely, it'd be nice to see him, you know, engage. I saw Carl Benjamin even, you know, tossed his hat into the ring. It's like, I'd be willing to discuss yeah. this too. Uh, I'm British and, you know, great. <laughs> like, okay. And, you know, and actually it's, it'd be an interesting thing to see Benjamin talk about it because culture in Britain ain't doing so great. Yeah, they're, 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 their culture is probably one of the most advanced in terms of this quote, you know, anti-white Marxism. They've lost all identity as, yeah. as a culture, as Britons. That's, that's gone yeah. now and because- the, the gender shit too got really bad. The gender there. bending yeah. over there is, is well, it was well advanced. You know, they closed the tapestry stock but you know really that didn't stop anything it no. just sort of spread the 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 problem out to local clinics so instead of it being one centralized location now there are dozens of locations where these gender bend the medicalized gender bending can occur george you have any final words oh i don't know it doesn't have to be mean it doesn't have to be matt but i would like to see the right having these conversations more openly and not telling I don't want the Karens jumping in the middle saying, hey, guys, stop fighting. We're on the same side. We need to have this conversation. We need to have more conversations like this. Um, we need to stop being scared of engaging with each other. It does not show weakness. In fact, it shows willingness to adapt, which is how you survive. I mean, they say evolve or die sometimes, and the right needs to evolve. I know that normally the right is resistant to change, but this is something you cannot... You cannot continue down this path and survive. You have to change. This is one avenue. Um, I'm just an asshole who draws pictures. I don't have to be the guy. Um, so the, yeah, that's my message, I guess, is talk about this more, buy comics, read, play video games, have fun, engage with young people, parents. I've, I've had some messages from parents saying, yeah, because of you fighting with that jerk, I've started uh, playing video games with my kids and they're actually having a good time together with as a family. Awesome. Great. It's just one more way to engage with young people and not have, if they're engaging with the parents, if that's so much better than engaging with strangers on the internet or creepy teachers, just it's okay to like things that are new and weird totally it's, we totally agree no, i think it's a, yeah. it's a good point and also you can find george he's g prime 85 on twitter mm -hmm. i'll put that i'll put all these links in the description for everybody who's listening yeah. um if you want to get your copy your advanced copy you can reserve it at indiegogo just search uh, indiegogo.com ghosts or ghost of the badlands yeah. And it comes right up. Yes, go support um, George and his work. Also, also very high. Don't forget that one. Oh, that you can get that one on his book, Etsy yeah. store. I could show the cover if anyone's that's curious. It's so, so cute, right there. So that's for like actual families. Like you're supposed to read it to your kids. So like, there's cute drawings of like mouses. I call them mouses in the book. They're it's so a, adorable. Uh, you know, yeah. It's a sweet little book for families. It's not, you know, I the kind of like that you explored into that genre too. You know, kind of stepped out there, of yeah. you too. A little something for everybody. Unfortunately, my profession is all I can do is make books and talk smack on Twitter. But there are other people who can do other things, and I encourage everyone to jump in and make some culture so that we can create alternatives. 
and and put a flag up on that hill instead of just abandoning it. Well, for the record, we think you are way more than just an asshole who draws pictures. So, think but I am an asshole. That's true. You are sometimes, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you, George. Please let us know when you're in the city, and I do want to do the map. We're going to do that at some point. Let's do it. Yeah, I just Let's do it. Freaking. Yeah, this is crazy right now. I don't blame you. Things are weird. But everyone, thank you for watching. Like, comment, share, subscribe, donate, and we will see you again next time. Peace.